This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Tuesday, it's the 23rd of January 2024. Today we say goodbye to a popular app for blind people and Be My Eyes, the review all about groups. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you doing today? I am sad, Stephen Scott. We're losing another app. Oh, no. Yeah, this is a sad one today, actually. I'm kind of uh, annoyed about this uh, because, you know, here we are again talking about another app that is going away, another uh, part of our world. Now, I have to say, this app, it, and this may tell you a lot about it, is one I only found out about last year. In fact, we interviewed uh, one of the uh, people involved uh, at the company uh, last year, just before the conventions. The app is called Menus for All, the number four, Menus for All. And it was an app that allowed people to get access to accessible menus and restaurants. Uh, well, sadly, they've just announced that they will be ending uh, support for the app in uh, February, at the end of February this year, which is very sad news. And uh, the company have actually issued a statement. We're going to play that now. Laura reads the statement for us, uh, which will give us some more detail into what happened. It is with heavy hearts that we announce the discontinuation of the Menus for All iPhone app, effective February 28, 2024. Since December 2022, the app has provided over 1 million US and 80,000 Canadian accessible restaurant menus to our users with blindness, deafblindness and low vision. Menus for All not only enhanced independence, but also added joy to special occasions such as dates, holidays, anniversaries and birthdays at restaurants. However, due to low sales, we could no longer provide this service. We believe that assistive technology holds the promise of independence and as technology continues to evolve, more breakthrough products will emerge. But until assistive technology products can provide enough return for investors, the funding to research, develop, maintain and market products like Menus for All will not be available. Currently, AI is a workable alternative for accessible menus. Although it does not offer the full features of Menus for All, AI can provide the core needs of reading a menu. Technology is constantly advancing, and in time it may provide an even better solution. But technology is costly and investment is required. We are proud to have provided a solution while we could. For 13 months, our customers enjoyed what we hoped was a premium customer experience. Although there were bugs along the way, we worked diligently since 2016 to create a technology that could address a simple but hard-to-solve problem, first as a website and then as a five-star rated iPhone app. If you have an annual subscription, please feel free to cancel. If you have a monthly subscription, Apple will not bill you any further. As we are a vendor of Apple, everything must be handled through your App Store account. We remain hopeful that someone else will create a similar app to support the accessibility needs of our community. In the meantime, we recommend using Ira and Be My Eyes to fulfil your accessible restaurant menu needs. We want to thank you for your support of Menus for All and are grateful to have been part of Menus for All, a groundbreaking assistive technology product. Helen Fernity and Stephanie Jones. Thanks to Laura for reading that uh, for us this morning. Um, so, yeah, it's sad news, right? I mean, here's another good app that's uh, gone by the wayside. The question is, though, is AI to blame for this? Yes. Is this a casualty of AI? Um, I don't know, because, I mean, with so many... I, I recently went to a, a restaurant 
I suppose you could call it that, a gastro pub, as we'd call it. And I simply looked up online and they had their online menu there. Mm. I mean, there is a lot more of that. Now, there's no guarantee that their website in particular is going to be accessible. And the great thing about Menu for All, Menus for All, was the accessibility of it and the amount of um, restaurants and places they actually had listed. Because that's also another problem. It's great to come up with these platforms, these ideas, but it's getting the actual companies on board and getting their services and in this case the menus listed as well because if you got this service and only got five restaurants in a major city then you know it's not good enough and they did an amazing job in getting a a huge amount of um, restaurants involved in that so yeah it is a shame a nice easy way to access your menus but of course there's the this was a subscription service Um, Mm. is this information now too readily available just online for free, even without AI and be my uh, AI involvement. I don't know. I mean, is this the natural evolution in some ways that apps like this come along to solve a problem and then that problem gets solved by other technologies? I mean, I think to the device that Greg in Pennsylvania tells us about a lot, you know, the ID Mate, which was the barcode reader, now a fantastic device. And I wish it was still around today, but it doesn't seem to be unless you can buy one secondhand. And, you know, it's kind of been usurped by other products, right? It's be, And I, I know Greg's going to be tapping away his keyboard right now saying, <laughs> not as good as the ID, mate, never as good as... I get that, but portability with your smartphone and all the rest makes it possible for people to have that in their pockets without having that extra device there. So there's like an, a, a natural evolution here. Is, is that perhaps what's going on? I, I don't know. Um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no denying it was great. Great intentions behind it. It was a great service for its time, um, even though it was just fairly recent, actually. But Mm. still, it does, you know, I can understand why the need for it is not as great as it once was. Well, I spoke to uh, Stephanie Jones from Menus for All last year, uh, just before the conventions, because they were doing a bit of a discount deal uh, during the conventions for people. And uh, we caught up and I asked her, about the origins of the app. Here's what she had to say. So our CEO and my business partner, Helen Fernetti, when she was studying accessibility at World Services, she started befriending the individuals who were helping her show her what accessibility was all about and how the end user was affected by accessibility or the lack thereof. So she started taking individuals out to lunch and dinner to tell them thank you. And she would get to the restaurant And here were these entrepreneurs, highly educated individuals, people who were doing amazing things, but they couldn't access a restaurant menu. And she thought, well, technology might be able to solve this. And so she started working on prototypes, taking more people out to lunch and dinner, showing them what she had come up with, taking their their feedback and making some tweaks here and there. And then when she moved to Memphis, And I got introduced to her. We've been off and running ever since. And when we launched our website in 2019, we thought we were doing great with 50,000 restaurant menus across the United States. We kept hearing, this should be an app. This should be an app. And one day we said, you know what? This needs to be an app. So that's what we did. Stephanie Jones talking to me from Menus for All uh, last year. Uh, So... Yeah, very sad news. Our thoughts are with those people involved because, of course, this impacts on people, this impacts on jobs, this impacts on lots of different things. So our thoughts, of course, are with them. But, uh, yeah, I'll be interested in people's thoughts on this. Do do tell us your your feedback on this because 
I wonder if we need to strive as a community to support these apps more, or is this just, like I say, a natural evolution where people find another way to access information that is perhaps free? I mean, you know, it's interesting that at the end of that statement uh, from Helen and Stephanie that they recommend Ira and Be My Eyes, which you could argue are perhaps the very apps that led to the demise of Menus for All. You know, maybe maybe it's almost like an admittance of, well, look, you know what? They won. That's it. They they got it because you can you can easily use be my eyes. You can use be my AI. Although, as was also made, made reference to in that statement, it's not the perfect solution. You know, I I think I told you the story about cheesecake. Remember that cheesecake story I told you? I went to the restaurant oh, and I, so I asked the. Well, that's true. There's a lot of cheesecake stories in my life. A lot of cheese-based stories on this show. That is for sure. Uh, but there was, you know, I'd gone to this restaurant with my wife. We were both, I think we were in Amsterdam. And we'd gone to this lovely restaurant and I checked the menu to see if there was any cheese. I just took an ocean for cheesecake. So I asked the, the Be My AI, is there any cheesecake on the menu? It said, yes, there are four options available. I asked it to give me the details and it did. When the waitress came over, she said to me, there's no cheesecake. And I said, but it says there's cheesecake on the menu. She said, no, 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 it was a cheese platter. Oh, and I right. thought, oh, that's okay. not very helpful. <laughs> no, and it's exactly those sort of things, right? But you kind of put up with those things, though, don't you? Because it's a free mm. service and, you know. Well, you put up with it because if Menus for All goes, then you've not got an option. You've kind of only got that option available. So, uh, You know what? Thinking about it, I would also say, thinking about my re- recent experience, four blind people in a pub. Not a joke. Sounds like one. There's menus on the table, and everyone immediately gets their phones out, starts scanning away using whatever <laughs> app it is, yes. you know? And everyone's totally <laughs> silent while they're listening to voiceover scan and flicking through. And it was so much better just when the waiters came up and say, just skim through the menu for me. I mean, it's it's just so much. Uh, but you know what? You know what I call that, don't you? You, you know, I've got a name for that, which is lazy jaws. No, <laughs> lazy jaws. Well, because what happens is you say, you know, can you read me the? So she starts reading the headers. She'll say starters. She'll say mains, and she'll start reading down the list. But she'll get bored, and she'll just give you like the top four. <laughs> yes. So you don't get all the items in the list, well, right? That's so it's lazy jaws. True. That sums up. But usually, you've got an idea of what you want, <laughs> and you do do that exactly that heading. Next heading, next heading. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, there's something Stop about swiping me. There's something about just cutting yourselves off by just grabbing your phones immediately as you sit down and start swiping through. I mean, it's, you know, we we expect that as with other blind people anyway, right? But um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. It, it's well, just- that's the spontaneity thing, isn't it? So you know, it's being spontaneous as blind people can be a bit more challenging because if you're going to a restaurant. Like, I like to call ahead, and I know it's interesting. I get so many uh, different opinions on this from people. When I say, you know, my wife has a guide dog, and I'll say, you know, I'm going to call ahead to the restaurant. I mean, we, we were getting a taxi the other day, and I called ahead. And in the app, I couldn't find – there was. I knew there was a, a bit somewhere in the app when you're booking the, the, the taxi to, to say, we have a guide dog. I couldn't find it. So once I'd booked the car through the app, because I wanted to pay with Apple Pay, and – you know, where I live, it's a little bit, you know, 1970s. So, you know, we don't really have all the yes. mod cons yet, yes. but they've just figured out how an app works. So we've got that. Um, so I can pay with Apple Pay through the app and I'd rather do that. And of course, the taxi's tracked and I get lots of information and updates and it's cool. But anyway, immediately I called the cab firm right away as soon as I'd booked the car to say, listen, just to let you know, we have a guide dog on board. Now, every single time I do this, it's the same cab company I'm always using. So they always say the same thing. That's fine. 
because you don't you don't have to tell us that because we know and we, we can't refuse a guide dog. Yeah. And I'm like, haha. Yeah, okay. It's not the experience I've had. Um, so, you know, I, I do like to tell people in advance. So for that reason, spontaneity can be a little bit challenging. Now with that, you know, calling up and saying, you know, we've got a guide dog also kind of prompts me to go online and check the menu out. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that, because I can get in my head what's in the menu. I can, I mean, you're kind of making a decision sometimes two days in advance what you want to have for lunch. Yes. You know, on well, we're used Friday. to that. Yes. But you are, yeah, we do get used to that because it's like, well, you know, then we know what's in the menu. And of course, we do retain a lot of information. We'll go through it and someone will say, oh, well, I quite fancy this. And then you go, yeah, okay, so that's not a bad idea. You know, but it prepares you because the idea of trying to do all that in the restaurant can be just a little bit overwhelming at times. I know some people just manage it and they do it. And, oh, I you know, agree. I think yeah. you almost have to have a degree of, um, I don't know, what's the right word? You almost have to be a little tiny bit arrogant when you're blind sometimes to just get on with it. You, you sometimes do. because, And it's not, I don't mean that in a bad sense. I just mean you kind of need to be able to just focus on your own thing because so many people are trying to talk to you. It's like this. It's, uh, I was thinking this is, you got me in a rant here. Um, well, you haven't. I I'm, seem to no, die I'm myself. I'm just saying, Dad, you carry on. It's all right. I'm you. But I was, we were t- <laughs> Well, you're used to it, right? Um, Camille Savoie said he was listening to us on the AT Banter podcast. We were on there with the guys. And he said, it was so funny. He said, yeah, I heard you both on the show. He said, or more accurately, I heard Stephen talk and Sean occasionally try and get a word in edgeways. <laughs> Which was an absolutely perfect. That's um, how we work. It, it works well. But we were chatting one day about, you know, Envision glasses and, you know, we'd be using all this technology like Be My Eyes or Be My AI to scan information in public. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a reality problem in that if I'm using my phone to scan, a, say, a, a, a label in a, a shop, maybe to find a jumper or something I'm buying and I want to scan it. I love the idea of it. But the reality is as soon as I start doing that, I get swamped by people who want to help. And so I can't hear the phone. I'm trying to fend off all the sighted zombies. Mm hmm. Because they're all trying to help, which is lovely and it's great. And in the end, you end up just talking to them because it's easier than you can't tell your phone. You can tell your phone to shut up a lot easier than you can a person. So you just say, do you know what? I'll just take the help. Thanks. And just give me the information. But whatever makes your life easier. That's the end end of the day. Yeah, but but I want to use the tech. Yeah, but we use the tech. (laughs) If if there is no one there to help you for whatever reason, or you just feel like today, I just want, I don't want to deal with people, then that's the reason. Oh, yeah, I get that. But some days you do want to try the tech and you think, or you just want to have a day to yourself. Self. Yes. No, I, I agree. That's the I problem agree. with us. I think we do, we just live in a world, and we we talk about this a lot. But I think we the problem we have in our world is that we don't we never live alone very long. I mean, even people who live alone will probably talk to more people in the public. If you th- if you actually think about, it. I know people listen to the show who may live alone, who may not have anybody else around them, but you probably talk to more people than you think you do, and that's more than most people who may also live alone who are not blind. I'd say that's probably true. Wow. Because, you know, you, you, you probably have more interaction. If you're going out with, you know, like I say, a taxi or a bus or a train, if you've got a guide dog, someone's going to talk to you. Now, sometimes you welcome that. That's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just that's the reality of it. And it can, like for me sometimes, just be a little bit. It's why I didn't want a, a guide dog. It was one of the reasons why I didn't want a guide dog. You don't want the I attention. S- I just had so many people say to me, you know, I, I have a busy day at work. And I know myself, you know, when I had a busy day, I used to travel a lot. I'd be traveling, I'd get in the train, you know, maybe about five o'clock of an evening to come home. It's a five-hour journey, train journey back up to Glasgow. I'd be sitting there. The idea of someone constantly just talking to my dog, and I know what happened to people. They would just, they'd sit down, they'd put their headphones on, they'd want to chill out, 
And then someone would be at them. And of course, what happens as soon as you say hello to a dog, the dog's up, right? The dog's like, oh, hello, someone wants to talk to me. Yeah. So the dog's all over the place. And so you have to settle the dog back down, all the rest. What I'm saying is, people are wonderful. That's, that's exactly oh, what I'm saying. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. Can we have a breaking news on that? I was going to say something else, but I thought I better not. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I'm proud the exact of you. Opposite, to I'm be proud fair. of you. Um, Can I just say, no, we, don't, yeah. we don't condone the, the use of the term sighted zombies as well. Just, I do condone just, the use of that. I think sighted <laughs> zombies is a brilliant example, a brilliant term. <laughs> I'm surrounded. Get away. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are sighted people feeling vulnerable? I'm so sorry. Welcome to our world. Oh, okay. There we go. I think we covered that. What are we talking about? I, I, I have no idea. What are we could. Menus for all. Well, look, I'm sorry to hear about the. <laughs> we went from that to. Yeah, anyway, welcome to Double Tap. Uh, listen, I've uh, switched back. I, I had my Apple Magic Keyboard, right? I was loving my Apple Magic Keyboard with Touch ID. I know, you didn't shut up about it. Oh, I've got my Magic yeah, Apple yeah, Keyboard. Yeah, yeah, it was lovely. Like, oh, it's it, it, it yeah. Touch ID. Uh, but I've switched back to the MS Keys. Ha! 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 Yeah. I'll say it again. Ha! Why? I say to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why? See, you always come back. You know it's the best. I always do. It is the best. And it's so lovely as well. Although I will say, uh, Satechi, I mentioned this during the CES coverage. Satechi have come up with one called the SM1. They, I think they announced it at CES, but it's, been, it's available now from Satechi's website. And it connects to four devices. Now, the only downside to me for this is it, it's not got the numpad i do like a numpad why i love this logitech mm. ms keys when you're using the mac and you get into that numpad commander oh yeah oh it's so good yeah. <laughs> i can't live without it yeah. i was actually thinking for us going to vienna i've actually bought and i'm not kidding i've bought a case for the mx keys so i can bring it with me what do you mean a case you don't need a case like a, like a case like a zippy case what do you need a case for just throw it in your bag Oh come on! We smashed a bit when so we get there. Have you ever have you ever been to an airport? Have you ever had luggage go through an airport? We're talking about the Logitech MX Keys. It's built for endurance. Well, yeah, but not to be smashed <laughs> off an airplane uh, internals <laughs> or just an airplane or an airplane. Uh, no, yeah, no, fair point. But I'm interested. So the Magic Keyboard, the Apple Magic Keyboard, is a lovely keyboard. So why did you mm. feel the need to swap back? Well, see, this is maybe a little bit of a personal issue. It is a personal issue, but you know, with the the joys of having this essential tremor, which I have to say, don't for, say when it. I first. What? Oh, I thought you were going to say it's not what, essential to what, me. It's not essential for me. Yeah, yeah. I know. I I I, I, I kind of thought I'd skip that one today. <laughs> Thank you. I like to. Yeah, I don't like to use it all the time. I like to get a little bit of dust on the jokes before I use them. Um, but no, it, it just it's kind of affecting me more than I've more recently than I've, I've been noticing it. And and the problem is with something like the MX, so the um, Magic Keyboard, it's such a flat keyboard. It's a lovely keyboard, beautiful to type on. But if your hand's shaking a bit, you're losing almost where you are on the keyboard all the time. You know, the whole thing when you're blind and you touch type is you need to know your fingers are at all times. And of course, if they're literally moving around... <laughs> And on a keyboard, it's a flat surface that, to all intents and purposes, you sometimes don't even know where you are on that. I mean, you've got those little markers on the F and the J keys, but... But the really keys themselves are pretty close together. Close together, flat. Yes. As I say, beautiful to type on, gorgeous to type on. Just with me, with this particular condition, I'm struggling with it. So I've gone back to the MX keys, 
for a couple of reasons. One, I've obviously laid it out with bump-ons all over the place. Numbers terrible. How dare you? Uh, you just totally ruin it. You don't need bump-ons. There's already markers on the keyboard. What do you need bump-ons on what, there for? What, on the 4 and the 8 and see the F4 and the F8? Is, is, are there markers on those, are there? What, you I need, can't find them. What, 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 it's it's, I, 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 it's I, I, five what? keys up from the escape key or four keys up, F4. Yeah. Um, it's easy to find. Yeah, again, not with shaky hands, it's not. That's the problem. Oh, well, if you're going to throw disabilities in my face, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't cope with that. I'll throw my shaky hand in your face. <laughs> so it's, okay. But it's a, what? You, I, I got a remote control off you once. And I was, I thought it was covered in little joysticks because your bump-ons are massive. They are huge. We're not talking little lock dots here. Little like, like little pinpricks of those are those are government uh, issued bump-ons. <laughs> They're like humbugs. Military level yeah. <laughs> gobstoppers. They've yes. just stuck onto. They could be actually stuck onto the keys. It's um. Okay, uh, whatever works for you. I've got, little, I've got little orange domes on mine just now. These are really nice on the MX keys. Okay. And I've got them on my keyboard. And, of course, you have those little indents on the keys as well. So it kind of helps you place your fingers. You I mean, of course, the MX keys is just a fantastic keyboard. There's no way around it. Um, and, of course, you can connect it to multiple devices. You can't do that. Well, you, you can do that with a Magic Keyboard, but you've got to... Can you? You know, you could... For, well, yeah, sort of. So what you can do is you could connect... A lightning cable, yes, it still runs lightning cable, um, lightning cable into your Mac, and that would connect it directly to that. And then what you can do is you can unhook the lightning cable and connect it via Bluetooth to your phone. And then if you want to use it between oh, both, you just cable. literally unplug and plug in and unplug as you desire. It's not That's the elegant. nicest way to do it. It's not very Apple, It's the I'm Apple honest. design. Just yank out the cable out the back to switch devices. I kind of, I kind of wait for the day. I'm really hope. In fact, I'd be interested to see if Apple ever bring out their own mechanical keyboard. Oh, it's terrible! Like, who cares? Mechanical. Well, they used to. I mean, that's what they. Yeah, that's how cares? it started out. The keyboard's a keyboard. The mechanical. The, I think the problem is there's so many companies now. So Matthias, uh, Logitech. You know, there's lots of keyboards to touch. You know, in this uh, world as them. well. They've been around for a while. They, they mm. may send you one if you keep naming them. What's the Tetchy? All of them. The, I know it's your naming greatest, all of them. The greatest uh, <laughs> keyboard in the world that I want to play with. I mean, I, I like the fact it's portable. It's kind of laptop size. I like the fact that it's but you hate it's mechanical. It, it can connect to four devices. Well, I, it hasn't have a numpad. I'm no. expecting the SM2 to be the full-size version. The SM1 Plus. Yes, exactly right. That'd be nice. <sighs> um yeah, so there you go. That's my keyboard story of the day. Uh, still got my still got my Braille display here. Still, so I found that there's an interesting thing. So when you go into any of the the commanders on the voiceover utility feature in uh, Apple, so you just hold down the VO keys and press F8, and that's you in the settings. Hit C for commanders. In there, you've got numpad, you've got trackpad if you're using a MacBook, um, keyboard commander as well. You can you can assign different keys and keystrokes as well. Um, but in there, you can obviously customize the whole thing. So let's say you wanted to customize number three on your numpad. Yeah. So you go to number three in the table and you go across and then you can uh, view space on that and it will bring up a list of all the available commands. And there's tons in there. There's so many things you can control or you can allow yourself to control with that particular number. So number three in this case. Um, and one I found under Braille was 2D. Well, actually, it was called 2D Braille which I did not understand at all. I, I couldn't find any documentation about it. Hmm. I mean, I did a Google search of 
voice over 2D Braille and nothing came up. So, we talked you know, about this. I don't know if it was on the show, but I'm sure when you did a demo or somebody did a demo of the um, commander there, that that came up and we, oh, what's 2D Braille? I don't have no idea right, what yeah. that is. Yeah, okay. So what it says, I mean, it's like a, an, it's like a list. So it's, it's headed 2D Braille and then there's a list of options in there. And one of them was increase or decrease firmness. I thought, hmm, okay. So it kind of made me think, is this to do with a connected Braille display? So I connect, I set it up, but after I connected up the Focus 40, uh, I, I, I gave some key commands to specifically increase and decrease thickness. And that's exactly what it does. It just increases the firmness of the Braille display. So this must be something that is, you know, a command built into, I know you can do it on the device as well, through the menu on the Focus, and I'm sure on other devices as well. But you can now control it directly from the Mac. And that's pretty cool. So, you know, the Focus 40, I'm not saying it wasn't great, but it wasn't for me. It was quite a spongy Braille, as I called it. Mm. Um, now it's much thicker, so it's much more pronounced. Not as not as pronounced as the Orbit, I would say. But not it's, signage quality Braille. Not signage quality, but it is much but more you can adjust readable. It. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And of course, it suits lots of different situations, and that's what's great about it. Yeah, I'm just quite interested how widely supported that feature is in the Braille displays. I wasn't even expecting it to work here, but it did. Yeah. And um, again, you know, this this Braille display, I just plugged it in via USB, not by Bluetooth, and it instantly recognises it as the Focus 40 Braille display, which is kind of cool. I mean, I know that shouldn't be cool, but... Yeah, the fact that it works is cool. The fact that it worked <laughs> and it knew what it was was kind of impressive. Well, I'm know? still seeing... Well, actually, that's not true since the latest update, but I did remember seeing a lot of um, problems with Braille connections in iOS 17. Um where the keyboard yes. wasn't coming up on the screen, but the Braille display wasn't connected. They're <laughs> still thinking it was. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of issues there. So, oh, by the way, 17.3 was just been released, I believe. Uh, yes, yeah, 17.3 for Mac and also for Watch as and well, Watch, WatchOS. Which was the thing that, that fixed your problem. It did fix a number of... Uh, I was reading this morning on a, a different website about... Um, some of the updates to this and some of the new benefits that it brings. But it did say huge performance increases. And I must admit, definitely noticing the difference. The watch is much more pleasant to use now. Oh, so I'm definitely going to update later on then. It's well worth it. Well worth it. And if it doesn't work, uh, blame someone else. Of course. Welcome to Double Tap. <laughs> uh, stick around. Up next, we're going to hear from Lena. She has a demo for us on using Be My Eyes groups. That'll be interesting. And also, we will get into your emails. That's next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567 or email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Now, we're getting some uh, early feedback following our news that we're dropping to five episodes a week and that we're also going to be joined, uh, joining people on YouTube. Uh, we get our first comment from Biggles. Rejoice, the ultimate Vision Pro experience is here. Double tap on YouTube. Uh, unfortunately, the only thing I can access is my six-year-old Echo Show. Can't access YouTube. Can only listen to... Uh, to podcasts and whatever else. Uh, so I guess I won't be doing that. Uh, you guys said that uh, 
going to YouTube wouldn't interfere with your daily show. Apparently it is. Anyway, have a nice day. Okay, well, I appreciate uh, your comment, Biggles. Uh, I don't think, well, I want to clarify a few things here because uh, we're getting a couple of emails and I think there's a little bit of mis, uh, either miscommunication on my end or confusion on other people's ends. I don't know. It's definitely our um, end. But probably our end. Yes. But look, I just want to be very clear on this. We're not moving to YouTube. This is not a transition process, okay? We're not leaving the audio podcast. And I want to make it absolutely clear today no matter what happens in the future, this show will be an audio show first. Always will be. That is what this show is all about. We're an audio show. We're here on AMI-audio every day. We're on podcast as well. And it will always remain that way because that is what we do. That is what we love doing. It is where I was born and it's where I will die. Oh. Probably soon. So Hopefully you know, on I, air. That'd be, um... <laughs> well, that would be... That would certainly get some numbers up. That would help, I guess. Yeah, that's always about the numbers. Just, so, I was joking there, by the way, before I get any emails. Of course, I love Stephen Scott. Thank you. That is, that is, thank you, Sean. I hope you don't die either. There thank you go. You. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to try things out on YouTube. And that's really what this is all about. It's a trial to see how it works, see what happens, see what people think of it. And also just to give an opportunity for people who may never have listened to our show a chance to learn about it and come and join the party. You know, this show exists because of you. And when we say that, we mean it, right? It exists because of you and it exists because of your passion for the show. If there was no passion and no interest, I mean, kind of going back to earlier, not being trite about it, but, you know, look at the app we're talking about today, Menus for All. You know, that app is going away because of lack of support. That's ultimately it, right? People are not supporting it. We're not able to financially support it. Whatever the result is, yeah. it had to go away. That's what happens. So if this show is not popular, if we're not you know, interesting to people, then it goes away and it dies. And it's as simple as that. And as much as Sean and I love doing this every day, you know, we do need to turn a coin. So you know, it means I have to go and find a real job at some point. And that would be de- that would be really detrimental to the show because I would have no time to do it. I mean, you know, the reason we're doing this every day is because I no longer work with the RNIB. Yeah. You know, when I was working with RNIB, this show was once a week. And we couldn't do that otherwise. So this show is audio first, always will be. The YouTube decision was a, a conversation between Mr. F and I. We had a, a, a long conversation about it. And I know he's been very keen for us to try double tap out on YouTube. And we thought about different ways to do it. I think that the way we've come up with, and my decision was that we don't necessarily copycat what we're doing here because we could just take the show, I suppose, and just post it on YouTube. But is anybody going to listen to that for an hour, especially if there's no video? I don't know think that would work, do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, so not you know, I long. think what we thought we would do is something a little bit different, which is that we take a topic we haven't perhaps had a chance to dig into, or we pick up on something we maybe only touched on on the show here, and use YouTube as a way of expanding on that a little bit. And that's ultimately what we're going to do on YouTube. Now, as for accessing it, and I know that some people will have issues accessing it, uh, this is something we're going to work on over the next couple of weeks. Sean and I are going to be putting together some demos, or what I mean by that is Sean is going to put together some demos of different ways to uh, access YouTube on different platforms and show people how it works. Uh, Because it might be easier than you think using different devices. Um, um, for people who don't have access to computers or phones, and, and that may be the issue for you, Biggles, I don't know, but you know, you're yeah. talking about your Echo Show there. Um, we're looking at other ways. We're looking at other ways people can access the content. So 
please don't think, oh, they're running off to YouTube, they're seeing stars and dollar signs. Trust me, that none of <laughs> that is happening. happening. No, definitely not. We're not making any money out of this, I promise you, because we, well, we, we, we who's going to pay for this? But anyway. Um, Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> but, I love you, Mr. You know, F. <laughs> I, I just think, I, I just think, you know, I just want to be very clear that, you know, people don't come away with the idea that we're we're moving away from what we're doing. That is not the case. Now, I know you th- you say, well, hang on a minute, you're dropping to five shows a week, but those two decisions were entirely separate. Yeah. One is not related to the other. However, it does allow us a bit more time to focus in and make sure that we give you the best content five days a week. Here on Double Tap and on YouTube, we give the best content as well. If we're, if we're trying to spread ourselves so thin that we you know, are literally non-stop recording. As much as I know you guys might love it, and we, to be fair, would probably love it too, we would run out. We would run dry. And, you know, we've got to think about everything, right? We, you know, we're here every day. For, we're here 52 weeks a year. We don't take time off. So when we do take a break, we need to think about how all of that is manageable and sustainable and everything else. So I'm, I'm maybe telling you more than I should tell you, but you know what? You're my audience I know you take a lot of time to listen to this. You deserve to know what's going on. I'll always tell you what's going on. Um, and I just want you to know that no major change is coming here. The show is remaining as is. As for the Express, it will continue on a Friday for now. If we feel that there are, and there are other ways to access the content now through, through our website, through doubletaponair.com, maybe we'll decide in a few weeks that maybe the Express isn't needed. Maybe we just do five regular shows a week. I don't know. But yeah. the great thing is we have a fantastic ally in Mr. F. So. The decision for the show, what happens with the show, he leaves to us. He lets us decide decide the best path forward. So don't don't be sitting there thinking, you know, on high or making decisions and we're just having to follow. Not the case. If anything, we just get endless support for what we do and a desire to to show this content and make this content available to more people. Because ultimately that is what sustains the show. That is what keeps us going. And, you know, we appreciate your support. We love the fact that you're passionate about the show. We know that some of you are disappointed. You might not feel that you want to listen to the Friday show. You would rather hear five shows a week or six shows a week. I get it. I totally get it. But we've only got so many hours a day. We're not the only show on AMI Audio. I feel I had this conversation a few years back on a different <laughs> show as well, where people would ask for more. And I'm like, look, there's, oh, we're not the only show in town. Other people exist and we have to let give way to those shows and give other people opportunities as well on those slots. It's not the Stephen Scott and Sean Priest show, it's AMI Audio. So, you know, we have a ton of great people and I would encourage you guys to go and check out a lot of that content as well. There's tons of great podcasts and content out there on a range of different things. So we're going to feature more of that on here so that you know about it. But I I just want you to know that, you know, we're with you on this. We're not going anywhere. This is not disappearing. We're, We're not going to reduce to four a week or three a week. I promise you that. Because if that is the case, truth be told, if we do end up in a situation where we're, you know, down to three a week or two a week, then I think we all know what's happening. And if that's happening, then that'll be the end of Double Tap. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I can't predict the future. Yes, touch wood. If I could, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but I, I can't. But what I can tell you is we are here for as long as AMI Audio and you want to listen. So. Well said, that's sir. It. No, that's, that's fine. Yes. Um, I want to pick up on some other emails on some topics and I do appreciate your comments on the show and the changes. We're not going to spend too much time on that because to me, that's a little bit inside baseball. And, you know, I, I, any comments that you send in on this, I will probably reply to privately. 
because I think that's more appropriate than flooding the air with with comments. And actually, we are here, you know, believe it or not, it is a tech show, honest. Uh, we should occasionally talk about some tech. Um, Tom got in touch with us uh, on the subject of driving blind, our conversation we had with Ross Minor last week about Forza Motorsport. Hello, Double Tap team. I had to give up driving over 30 years ago, thanks to Uncle RP. In the late 90s, I was with some friends at an arcade and they wanted me to try this driving game. So I sat in this seat and you had a steering wheel and brake and gas pedals and on the screen there was a road that you drive down and on the side of the road there were African animals. So I could not see very well at all but I gave it a try and started driving down the road and after a while I was hearing this laughing and some gasps and I'm like, what? Apparently I was taking out half the animals in Africa as I was driving. Talking about driving blind, you should check out a man, Dan Parker. He's blind and holds a land speed record for a blind person at 217 miles per hour. And he did it driving an 800 horsepower Corvette. And he built his own nav system to guide him. Blessing, Tom from Oregon. Thank you, Tom. Uh, my question is, uh, with that guy with the land speed record, how many African animals were killed in in that process? <laughs> I'm not even touching that. That's so cool. I want to know what the nav system was going at 217 miles per hour. Oh, it's got surely a straight line it's through like a runway a or something. Line. It cannot be like through New York or something, is if, it? If he was swerving through cones or something, doing a, a salon or whatever it's called. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And I, I, I did. I, a New York taxi driver did tell me if you catch the lights once, sometimes in New York, you can get straight through. So you never know. Maybe he, you know, hit, and of course he was going fast enough. As long as no one was jaywalking, you'd be fine. Um, yeah, I, I must admit that that's a brilliant story, though, because I totally get that. The first time I was playing Grand Theft Auto, uh, the, like the, the more recent versions of it, and I knew Vision was going, was when I probably killed about 50 people on the sidewalk um, yeah. without even realising that I was driving on the sidewalk. I know, yeah. So, you know, th- th- it does definitely tell you driving blind, Bad idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously the, the situation you're talking about, the land speed record and all that, that was in a very controlled environment, I'd imagine. I want to have and a go at that. Once they go. I mean, do you have much control of that once it's on this move? I mean, really? You're just hoping to keep it straight, right? Well, that's got to be so. No, that makes it sound like you're just sitting there. You might as well just put a brick on the gas pedal. No, no, no. <laughs> there must. There's some skill involved in that. Not only skill, there's some nerve in going that fast. Well, yeah, it's staying in the car. That's the nerve. Yeah, exactly. I had my wife took me for a, my 30th birthday. She took me to a racing circuit and I got the chance to not drive. I should be very clear on this. I didn't get the chance to drive, but I did get a chance to sit in a car, you know, one of these big racing cars, Ferrari or whatever it was. What an incredible experience because you just cannot fathom the speed at all. It's an incredible experience. I think the funniest bit was trying to get in the car and then try to get out of it. <laughs> That's exactly I was suggesting, what I was going to say. I was suggesting butter would be the answer to the problem because uh, it was getting to that point where I was in the car, right? I'm in there and I've got the helmet on. And I'm think- all I'm thinking during this process is, how am I going to get out of this? Oh, it's, it's so, there's no elegant way to do it. A friend of mine came up with a Tesla and we drove to London and back and it was all lovely, except when I'm trying to get out. Because, you know, oh, look, there's a Tesla people will mm-hmm. say. And then, oh, look, there's a fat old man trying to crawl out backwards on his hands and knees. Rolling out of this thing. <laughs> I know. Oh, I God, terrible. I had a friend who, she, she had this wonderful car. It was like a, what do you call it? I think it was a BMW. I don't, don't ask me which one, but it was basically very low to the ground. It was, it was had the soft top on it. Beautiful car. And um, 
she would say to me on occasion, listen, I live nearby where you live. We work together. And she'd say, you know, I, I can drop you home on the way. And I'd say, yeah, that's fine. But I always thought to myself before I left, <laughs> how am I going to get it? Well, getting in the car is one thing because you just kind of fall into it, right? Yes. But getting out again was always a challenge. The amount of times I had to crawl out of that car on my hands and knees. I'd be like, thank you. Thanks for dropping me off. It's like one of those clan cars. <laughs> oh, it was dreadful. I mean, beautiful car, but unbelievable. You know, I just would never have one anywhere near me. It's, uh, but anyway, there you go. Well, anyway, depressing. thank you for that. Next. Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Um, Laura reads our emails, of course, and Scott in Maryland wants to talk about use of the word inspiration. Hello, Double Tappers. Thanks to Laura for reading our email messages and for participating in my reindeer game by singing a portion of the email song. That was great. (laughs) I had a big smile when Stephen alluded to this at the beginning of the Monday, January 8th episode. Then Sean's reaction was priceless. I hope it gave a smile to everyone who was listening. Smiles have been few and far between for me over the last half of 2023 as my wife battled and succumbed to congestive heart failure, followed by the passing of her mother one month later, just shy of her 102nd birthday. Listening to hearty, fun-loving banter between Stephen and Sean, as well as their and other listeners' life stories, have helped me to keep my head on straight. While my confidence does wane somewhat about being independent enough to live on my own as my eyesight continues to decline, learning from others on what is possible, well, I'm going to say it, is inspirational. Yes, I'm inspired. Not in the condescending, isn't that precious, what that blind person can do sort of way, but rather the, hmm, I never thought about approaching a challenge in that manner, or heck yeah, I can do that too. I think inspiration is the appropriate word when it actually lights a fire for the first time in someone, rekindles or continues to keep a fire burning within you to face the challenges that life brings. Even though I don't have all of the answers, and perhaps no one does, I have agreed to speak with the Low Vision Group at my mother-in-law's retirement community at the request of the social worker there who helped me with her end-of-life care. My mother-in-law, God rest her soul, who was dealing with sight loss from macular degeneration, never would try to overcome her difficulties but would instead opt to stay in her apartment alone. No radio, no TV. Just sit in her rocking chair giving up on living. Regrettably, my own experiences and successes didn't inspire her to try new things – I believe it was more of how her generation viewed people with disabilities and being set in her ways. I do hope that I can reach others so that their lives aren't lost to despair as well as continue to grow in confidence myself. So, while technology is important, it is not the full story of how to overcome the challenges of vision loss and I'm thankful that this show provides a wide variety of information, viewpoints and topics along the way. Yeah, it's a tech show, but so much more too. Don't change a thing. Stephen and Sean, I hope that one day we can meet in person. Dinner is on me. Looking forward to the expanded show on YouTube. You both are helping people in many ways. Bravo. Insert applause track here. (laughs) With regards, Scott from Maryland. Not the cookie, though that does sound delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Why, what an email. What Mm -hmm. an email. I I don't know what to say. Sorry for your losses, obviously. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Scott. I'm so sorry to hear that. It makes me think, actually, because I kind of now cringe at the word inspirational um i, I don't know why it's almost a, 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 a forbidden word that inspiration it has this meaning to it but actually what you say there turns it around for me you've made me think again about that word inspirational because suddenly it, it, recently it's been a little bit oh please don't use that word i don't like it but actually what you've said there has changed my mind on it I think it depends who's saying it, though, right? I think if it's if it's coming from someone who 
doesn't understand the experience, who is is kind of just observing you in your life, and dare I say it, a sighted person, who is sort of saying, oh, that's really inspirational that you managed to, you know, cut that sandwich by yourself and not bleed to death. Um, you know, that's that's different to, you know, I, I feel inspired to do something because that person can do it, I can do it too. You know, I, I feel that way about a lot of our listeners. I feel a lot about you guys, how, you know, you will talk about things, you'll say things. I mean, I, I sent an email to Lena just at, at Christmas time saying how much I valued her contributions to the show because, you know, they they do inspire me. And that's true because they inspire me from a different different levels because it's a case of, well, I look at what someone like Lena or, or any of you, frankly, do. And I think, and you might think to yourself, well, I'm not doing that much. But when you talk about, you know, maybe an app you're using or whatever it is and, and you're doing it and you're, or you've figured out a solution to something. And I think, God, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. That enables me, enables others. And that's kind of what this show's about. You know, it's not, you know, I always make the show, I used to make the joke on this show, it's not about me. Um, and, and that was a, a in a way, a kind of serious joke, right? It was like, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about you guys. It's about what you're bringing because you will bring way more than I can because there's more of you. That's <laughs> just, just me and you here, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we can, we can talk about lots of different things. We can, what I want to do really is just open up the, the forum so people can feel free to talk. And I think the fact that, Scott, you were able to say those things, I think shows how far you've come. You may not have sent that email before, knowing that it's being read out on air, knowing that it's because you know it's coming to a safe place. You know people here, not a safe space. That's different. I don't like safe spaces, <laughs> but a safe place, a place where you can talk and you can feel that what you're saying is not going to be ridiculed or, you know, dismissed. That's not what this show's about. This show's about conversation. I will argue with you on topics. Of course, I will. I'll always argue with people on topics. That's what I like to do. He does. But I. I think what you're saying and the way you've said it shows that you've come a long way and the fact that you've been able to, you know, use this experience. And, you know, it's interesting you talk about your mother-in-law. I think there's a, it is a generational thing. I, I also think it's not a generational thing. Oh. I think blindness can do that. I think it, and it depends on, there's a lot of cultural areas here to the, you know, aspects to this as well. Um, you know, it depends on where you are, who you are, what your family's like, what your experiences are like. Support is a big thing of that. Absolutely. And, and you, just where you are. I spent years where I just, you know, what's the point in nothing to do today? Why get up? You know, so mm -hmm. um, I can totally understand that mindset and it's difficult to get but You can out. have all the support in the world. And still feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, there is a, I, I think, I remember a friend of mine who went through this and he used to be really angry all the time. And he would get enraged. About and he, not about his vision, nothing about his vision. It was always something else, but you knew it was because of that, right? That was the that was the driver. Yeah, of course. And he said to me, "I just can't get rid of this anger." And my advice to him was, "Don't get rid of it. You know, use it as fuel, but use it as good fuel. You know, use it as a way of firing yourself up to do something." Yeah. Don't don't say I'm. You know this 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 feeling this anger is going to stop me from doing something and I'm just going to focus on the anger. Use the anger as fuel to say, I'm going to do this thing, whatever it is. And, you know, at the time, one example was send an email. That was a real challenge for this guy. 
And I know because I was exactly the same. When I, 2017, I remember the sending my first email. I mean, I was a guy who everybody went to for tech advice. I was the, the, the guy, the guru, they always used to say. He's the guru. He knows everything. I didn't know everything. But they would say these nice things. The point was, I was that guy. And in 2017, it just stopped like that. Yes. It just stopped. Now you suddenly, don't like looking at it. <laughs> no, exactly. I had I, I couldn't help them because I couldn't visually imagine it. I could to some degree, but you know I was trying to kind of imagine it, and then you know it wasn't quite right. So I no longer became that person. And I remember the day in 2017. I think it was August or, or September. I can't remember when, but it was it was kind of around that time. And I sent my first email using Jaws. And I swear to God, you think I'd won the lottery? If I'd won the lottery that day, I'd have probably been equally as excited. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just shows you, you know, it's it's not the end. It's, uh, yeah, that's right. It shows you. It shows you something's possible, and then you use that to drive you to the next thing. Yeah, you know, it literally is a journey in that sense. You're constantly moving from one thing to the next, one place to the next, to to get yourself back on track, to get yourself back on a. Uh, and when I say back on track, I mean to a place where you're comfortable. You know, because I think you you do feel like you're in water. You do feel like you're drowning. Yeah, and you do feel like your your head will occasionally drip, you know, fall underneath the water, and there's nothing you can do about it, and you're trying to catch your breath, and it just all is all consuming, and I get that, I 100% get that, and I think that's the 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 bit that's why I talk about it, and I think it's interesting because when I do talk about it, people say, oh, please please talk more about this, and the reason I mention it is because nobody else does, everyone else talks about. Okay, but yeah, but let's move past that. Let's just skip that bit and yeah, move past yeah, yeah. that. And yeah. no, let's, I'm sorry. Let's go past this the negative part aspect. Yeah, well, but, but but it's part of the journey as much as anything else, right? So you have to talk about it because if you don't understand that, if you in, in, in this case, this guy with his anger issues, if he didn't use that anger, and as I also said to him, allow yourself to be angry. Give yourself thirty minutes a day where you scream at the moon <laughs> yes. or whatever it is you do, and that's it. And then park it. Allow yourself that, that, you know, pressure release. You can't keep it in. Because if you don't, well, that's not good for anybody. It's yeah. not good for you. It's you not good for people around you. And it, it could lead to some really tragic situations. And nobody wants that. Yeah. So if you want to get past this, and you'll never really get past it, you'll learn to live with it. But in order to do that, you've got you to accept your demons. And that's what they are. So... Yeah, but look, Scott, I really I, I thank you so much for the email because it it, um, that was it must amazing. be very hard to draft that. Yeah, it was yeah, absolutely. And good luck wonderful. with the talk, by the way. You go for it. Let us know how you go on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Darren, get back in touch. Uh, he's been uh, wanting to update us on watches. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley in Kent. A couple of things. When I did uh, a feature on the Zeitgeist, to I didn't mention that it was a pocket. I apologise for that. It's not a wrist watch, it's a, it's a pocket watch. Caretech do do a wrist watch, but I can't remember what it's called and I don't think it is quite as advanced. Secondly, I didn't realise there was going to be a BT Speak from Blazy. Mm. This is the first I heard of it on Thursday's uh, Double Tap. I'm looking forward to hearing about that one and also who's going to be distributing it in the UK and will it be upgradable as time goes on? Will there be new uh, software and features coming through? Um, I'm just really intrigued. I couldn't find anything on the internet about it really unless I searched the wrong way. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens. Compare that to the Orbit Speak and the BT Speak. Have a comparison 
that'll be interesting. Anyway, that's all for now. So until next time, this is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Darren. And I think the answer to that question is going to be coming soon because we have reached out to Blazy and we hope that they'll come on soon. If anyone has any direct contact with the people over there, then you know, give them a nudge for us, will you? Because yes. they're not answering my emails. <laughs> it would be nice to get you guys on to talk because I'd love to know about this. This sounds like an, an incredible product. And I've got to say, uh, interesting to hear Blazy getting into this world. Um, and also, <sighs> the Orbit Speak has been coming soon for so long. Yes. It's nice to hear something else on the market that's doing similar. Will it get there first? I don't know. I have a feeling a lot of these products are going to emerge at CSUN. That's often what they do. Uh, I mean, April is the touted um, month for Orbit Speak. It shouldn't really ar- arrive at CSUN, to be fair. It should arrive for CSUN so people can buy it. Mm. But mm. I, I think it's it should definitely be out before that because it's been touted now for, what, two years? Oh, it feels like forever, yes. But, you know, a lot of these devices, they sound amazing, but it's not until they actually get into people's hands that we can... I, sometimes I think I've heard it before. That's the only thing. Mm. I hope not. I'm excited by it, but mm, I will wait and see. I also want to put one uh, question to you, Dan. Uh, maybe you want to call in and answer this, but I, I'd love to know what you'll do with it. Because I think this is the question with these devices. What is it that this can do that perhaps what you've got already can't do? I know you're a blind shell user, so there's a lot of f- functionality you have. You've not got a smartphone. I'm getting, well, you have got a smartphone, you've got a blind shell, but you haven't got an iPhone, I guess, or an Android phone. So you. Uh, is this for note taking? Is it for web browsing the web? Is it for doing other things? What What is the purpose for you for this device? I think I'm interested in this category. And who's going to use it? I get as a note taker that makes total sense. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it, it's kind of for a lot of people. It's almost you know taking us back in time. You know, to to the original Braille and Speak. You know, which is what I remember. Um, and it was a great device. I remember you know, a friend got through school with it you know it was pretty much his device that yeah, he managed to, to get through and it was a great little thing with the serial ports and all the rest of it <laughs> and serial the parallel ports in the back of it or whatever else um so you know I'm, I'm intrigued to know how that device works for people or what it's for in 2024 I, i'm thinking for myself it would be nice but then i suppose part of me is trying to wean myself off the audio to braille that's kind of what i'm trying to do at the minute so i'd, I'd rather have the display than the audio which i know sounds a bit like, I feel the last few years I've been shouting about more audio. Yes. But I kind of want, I I want, want both, I yes, suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like the Mantis Q40 to me is perfect if it had audio. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of why I haven't bought one. People can say, oh, you're going to buy a Mantis. And I'm like, I'm, I, I, the reason I'm not is because it doesn't have audio and it doesn't have the capability for audio. So it's not like it's something that will come. It's not like the when the BIX range came out from Humanware at the beginning. The BIX20X and the 40X had promise of audio had the capability built in and that was available later as an as an upgrade you know software upgrade firmware but, yeah yeah exactly so you could get the option but you're not going to get that with the mantis so there has to be a new version and i think when that comes out to me that would be the perfect solution because you know that's got audio it's got a qwerty keyboard and it's got the braille display that's it for me yeah I agree. And that's why I've been looking at the Optima with so much interest, because it's kind of the same, but also has a PC built in. Yes. <laughs> so even better, right? But, you know, again, I might want to use it with a Mac. So, uh, you know, it'd be kind oh, of nice to have that. So, I mean, it's like, so You're it's, never it's happy. Just, all the bits, all the bits aren't kind of connecting together yet. We're getting there. We are getting there. So come on, <laughs> human, get on with it. 
Ah. Mantis Q42. That's what I want. Well, Q42. Let us into your design labs yeah. and we'll come up with the perfect device. <laughs> That's a guarantee. Yes. I'm thinking of Homer Simpson designing the car. Exactly Do you remember that right. episode? Yeah. A QWERTY keyboard with braille keys in it and a braille display and eight-inch uh, speakers. It'll be great. Right. Size of a suitcase. And a 40-inch TV on top yes, of it as well. Right. All in a foldable case. Perfect. Uh, one of those, you know those things that the, the, the students carry to, to, you know, with their big drawings? You know, they've got those that's, big, massive yes, cases, big, big cases. Yes, that's, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's what it looked like. Uh, listen, that's it for today. Keep your feedback coming. Thank you to all of you for your feedback. We didn't get Be My Eyes, the demo from Lena. No, on. you didn't. Sorry, Lena. Okay, we'll do that tomorrow. I promise. promise. First thing tomorrow, we'll do it. Uh, thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thanks. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.